You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a black belt who trains at RGA located in the United Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Raf Z. Thank you very much for having me on, uh, Lamar. And uh, thank you for taking the time to, um, you know, chat with me about jiu-jitsu. Because, you know, jiu-jitsu is one of those things that, um, well, quite frankly, I've been doing for so long that it's, it's a huge part of my life. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Like I said, the pleasure is all mine, man. I do appreciate you taking the time out, especially with this, uh, you know, different uh, time zones we got to deal with. But <laughs> uh, no worries, no worries. I mean, it's uh, it's a pleasure to share, you know, all the things I've done in jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, I started jiu-jitsu in 2005 in, in a little gym in um, and actually not far from Toronto. Um that's kind of how things started out. I was in a really small gym and it kind of wasn't going anywhere. So I then switched to a bigger gym. And from there, I joined a gym run by a guy called Scott Schilling. And he was under Silvio Baring. And Silvio Baring is, a, I believe, a seventh degree black belt now, a coral belt. Mm. And so that's who I started my really hardcore training with. I mean, that was January of 06 when I switched gyms. Um, you know, I had a bit of wrestling background, a bit of karate background, but, um, you know, it was all really just, um, it all kind of kicked off in 2005. Then I sort of realized this gym was, you know, I wasn't going to grow there. So that's why I switched. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was run by this really nice guy, but he completely understood where, where I was coming from. And I, you know, joined this new gym. Um, where I still, you know, chat to a lot of the guys. Whenever I go back to Canada, um, I visit those guys who I started jiu-jitsu with in, in you know, 05 and 06. So um, it's it's a great community in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been it's been it's been a good good old journey. But I've hopped around, you know, moving countries, clubs. So I'm happy to happy to share that experience. Because I know, you know, in old school jujitsu, it's 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 a bit frowned upon moving gyms and, and and all of that. So, you know, but it is what it is. Life gets in the way. Um, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. So, so in a, you know, in in a sense, it kind of um, you know sparked with with Silvio and and Scott. Um, and that's where I met some really good friends, like my friend Dave, my friend Toma, who now runs a jiu-jitsu school in, um, in Canada. And it really just, you know, the whole aspect of jiu-jitsu about the idea of it being like human chess, thinking three, four moves ahead of time, muscle mm-hmm. memory, all of that is, is always been something I was fascinated by. Um, but I started out real old school, you know, there was, you know, I think the fanciest thing we did was like X guard. <laughs> um, you know, there was no Baron Bolos. There was no, uh, you know, inverted guard. There was no single leg X. There was no, 
you know, there was De La Hiva was around, you know, but that was a bit more advanced. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. You know, I mean, I think the the I remember we all came back from a competition. I was a blue belt, and one of the guys got swept with a deep half sweep, and we were all like, "What was that? It was magic." So we then all started, you know, going online trying to find DVDs and you know, looking at. There, there was no instructionals back then, you know. Nah. Was just like, there, there was, you know, I had a Sala Ribeiro DVD, and I think I had like three volumes of it, and that was it. You know, and then Silvio would come down from Brazil, or well, come up from Brazil to Canada, and and show us stuff that they were doing down there. Um, but it was all very fundamental, you know. And I mean, to this day majority of the things i catch people with are cross chokes kimuras arm bars um and that's about it really isn't it it's, it's a it's a that's a story that my instructor always tells me like when you uh get to the point where you're like black belt you're upper rank and the majority of stuff people get caught in is the basics you know it's nothing crazy basics, yeah. just the basics just the basics it is it's, it's mad because you know i've you know, I've rolled with Roger before. And mm -hmm. Roger Grace, I mean, you know, I was a brown belt when I rolled with him. And it was it was really he's such a nice guy, first and foremost. You know, he's he's really lovely. And so I, I went in for a knee cut pass and I remember this knee cut pass and I was like, it's I really like a knee cut pass. So I went in, you know, I had his collar, I had his, you know, had his um had his um um sleeve grip and I went for this knee cut pass and I was like, yeah, I'm getting by. I'm like, hold on. How did I end up in Mount Bottom? <laughs> and, and he just arm barred me without even like moving his legs. Um, and I remember the next time he came down to the gym, he was showing his cross choke. And I love a cross choke from Mount. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely, I definitely am of the game that, you know, the simpler things are in jujitsu, the more effective they are. You know, and like, mm -hmm. like, you know, like you said, you will catch as you get to purple belt, brown belt, black belt, you start catching people with more fundamental techniques that you have made in a sense more advanced. You know, when, when Roger talks about fundamentals, he talks in, about them in, in a way where you're like, it's, it's a simple technique, but there's so many details to it. Like mm -hmm. when he showed the cross choke and I, I remember my instructor at the time, I was a brown belt when he came down and, and did a second seminar and he, his ribs were hurt. And he was like, Raph, you're in. Um, you're going to be Roger's, you know, guy who's going to show techniques on. And I just remember the pressure, the pressure. I mean, when I rolled with him, I felt that pressure. But when he was just demonstrating the pressure yeah. that he has, and the little details of like where to put your elbow, where to put your hand, how to move your arm so that it hugs the neck more, mm -hmm. you know, and that's all just for a simple cross choke. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's nothing fancy about it, you know, a cross choke. It's, it's a cross choke, but it was, it was definitely very mind blowing, but you know, that all stems back to, you know, when I started jujitsu, because all we were taught was fundamentals. Mm -hmm. I remember, I mean, to be very fair with you, I don't even do triangles 
because I've got short, stubby wrestling legs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I've hit maybe about, maybe in full sparring, you know, over the time I've been doing jiu-jitsu almost, you know, it'll be 19 years. Um, wow. Um, I think I've hit about maybe five triangles in full sparring. I mean, I don't know how many arm bars, cross chokes, you know, kimuras or, or you know, umoplatas or whatever, but triangles, I, I can definitely count on one hand. It's just everybody has a preference, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, when you build your game, you know, and that, that again goes back to, you know, training under Silvio, training in all the other gyms I've trained at. So, you know, I was with um, Scott and, and with, you know, under the Silvio Bearing Fish um, affiliate until I was a purple belt. And that's in 2010 when I moved to the UK. Um, but again, we just did basics, you know. And I remember going in the UK, I, I came to study art to do a master's degree here. And when I looked for flats to live in, it was like, okay, where's the nearest jiu-jitsu gym to the school? And where am I going to find my flat halfway between the two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then so then I finished my, my you know, I joined I joined a gym. I joined um a quite a renowned gym which was um it was run by this brown belt, um an RGA uh Roger Gracie Brown Belt, but it was in the uh Ray Stevens Academy in Wimbledon. And Ray Stevens is a you know, silver medalist in judo and really super nice guy, super tough. Um, showed me some really cool judo. Um, there was a couple of guys that I trained with in Canada who uh, I believe were, I think, alternates for judo um, on the Canadian team, and they showed me some things. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's like my jiu-jitsu journey, my, my judo, you know, I only know about three or four really good throws. Mm -hmm. But that, that's all you need. Um, right. Combining that with, with jiu-jitsu... You know, I've always been a top player. I've always liked to impose pressure, you know, be on top, you know, sort of a very, a very sort of Chris Houter sort of mindset, if you like. Yeah. Basically, my, my, my judo is, you know, I had about, I've got about four throws. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my mentality in jiu-jitsu has always been um, be the top guy, you know, be imposing the pressure imposing you know that that shoulder pressure that you know the chest pressure and and that mentality you know i, I remember seeing chris uh, uh chris Houter seminar and he was like you know you want to be good at jiu-jitsu you gotta you know be on top stay on top and win on top mm -hmm. and then if you if you get taken to the bottom or you get swept your guard's got to be good enough to be able to get back to the top um and i've always utilized my judo my wrestling um to be on top and, and really just enjoy that knowledge. I think, you know, when, when it comes to jujitsu, when you're in, in a position of say side control or mount, you know that you can do certain things that will not allow your opponent to get out of a situation or it almost like, like, you know, like Roger said to me once, he's like, you're leading them down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. The only thing at the end of that rabbit hole is a, is a cross choke or, or an arm bar or a submission of some sort. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so when, when I joined Ray's gym, um, I was able to learn some really cool judo, um, spotted some really cool people there, uh, stayed there for a bit. I then finished off my master's degree at Wimbledon um, School of Art. So then from there, I moved. Um, I met a really nice girl. So jiu-jitsu took a little bit of a step back. Oh, so <laughs> I was in the middle of moving house and moving, moving within London. Um, it wasn't long; uh, it was a couple months, and then I got back in, into jujitsu, you know, fairly quickly, and then ended up joining uh, the Carlson Gracie Gym in London. Um, and mm-hmm. I was there for about ooh, a good three years, I think. Um, it was a really nice gym. It was it was um, led by a guy called Wilson Junior. And Wilson was, again, really old school. Um, and, you know, Carlson Gracie would come down. And, um, you know, but these guys were like, you know, I used to attend the 7 a.m. class with Wilson. And, you know, he showed me some things that were just like, you know, tying people up in ways with the gi that you're like, you just can't even defend a submission. Right. Um, and it was like, it was just like, wow. And I mean, they have a very big, mentality of being on top you know Carlson mm-hmm. Grace is always top game heavy um, so I, I felt really at home there but then I was sort of like well I don't know and then I ended up end up going to Rogers for a bit and um, and then I ended up moving out of London um, so when I moved out of London I joined a gym in a little town called Marlow and it was run by this guy um, who was you know nice enough but him and I just, you know, we didn't gel on a, on a sort of a, you know, person to person basis, I guess you can say, you know, he mm-hmm. showed some good techniques. There's some really nice people there. Um, that's the one thing I've always enjoyed about jujitsu is the community that the, the idea that, you know, everyone is always lovely to one another for the most part. Un- unless I would say for the most part, yeah. Unless they're, they're crushing your face inside control. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the, the community aspect of jiu-jitsu is really lovely, and I really enjoy that. Um, but, you know, just the, the teaching style, uh, the instructor and I just didn't get on very well. So then I moved to another gym, which was run by a guy called Kev Capel. Um, Kev is, I think, a third-degree black belt under Roger. Really nice guy. Um, showed me some really cool pressure things, like side control pressure and, and cross-face pressure. And, you know, this guy is what, maybe soaking wet 65 kilos, which is about maybe 145 pounds or something like that. Wow. And yeah. you know, he, he can keep me down like nothing. And I, I'm about, you know, 90 kilos. So that's about one, 190, 200 pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm struggling with my maths here. But, yeah, he's like he keeps me down no problem. And that's. Through him, I met my really good friend Paxton, who runs the current gym that I'm at. Um, and so from there, you know, when I moved to where I am now, which is just outside of London in, in, a, in a little called, town called Henley, um, mm-hmm. just by the river, really nice. And we, you know, my friend opened up a gym and I literally bought a house about a month before he opened up his gym. And the gym was five minutes walk down from my house. Nice. But it was like it was like the gods smiled. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's when I sort of joined my friend Paxton and, and 
from there, you know, I was a brown. I, at this point, I was um, I was a one stripe brown belt when I joined with him, or or a two stripe brown. Belt. I can't remember exactly. Um, and then I ended up getting my um, my black belt through. Uh, well, basically, Roger and Maurizio Gomez, Roger's dad, um, said, "Yeah, you're, you're ready for your black belt." And then that's how it all happened. It all happened sort of like literally between COVIDs. Um, so it happened in uh, this this year is my third year as a black belt, and nice. um, and it's you know it's it's just you know the target just goes bigger and bigger on your back. But you know it's you know I'm I'm 42 years old now, and you know I've got a few minor injuries, no major injuries, but you know the young guys, you know we've got a couple of really young sort of athletic blue belts who mm-hmm. you know, I've got to tie up and and sort of keep still <laughs> but you know for me jiu-jitsu has always been one of those constants that you know i've never gone to the gym i wasn't really you know the most exercise i do outside of jiu-jitsu is cycling to jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's about it you know i mean i think for me it's it's a good release in terms of mental well-being yes you know, yes to, you get to really um you know, get smashed sometimes, get humbled, um, smash some people up, you know, humble some people. Um, you know, and I, I could go on. I mean, I've rolled with some, you know, interesting people. I've, I've rolled with Carlson Gracie. Uh, I've rolled with Roger. Um, just trying to think who else I've rolled with. There's, you know, um, Kiwan Gracie. Um we used to have um, at my first gym in Canada uh, for a while, Mark Bocek, the former UFC guy, was there. Um, you know, I've um, one of my the first gym I was at. Um, the guy who ran that gym was good friends with a Russian guy who ran a wrestling gym just outside of Toronto, and Carlos Newton used to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it's been it's been a great journey. But again, for me, it's really. You know, I competed up until Purple Belt, and then I sort of was like, life gets in the way, jobs. I really don't want to be going into work with black eyes and, and you know, busted up limbs. So, so now right. I just teach and, and sort of, you know, for me, I just honestly teach fundamentals most of the time. Whenever I'm teaching, whether it's an advanced class or a beginner's class or nogi, it's always fundamentals. Um, yeah. Because for me, fundamentals are the things that you get those right. And I've had guys try and bear and bowl on me and, and do an inverted guard. And, you know, I'm always like, well, just grab a collar and crush their face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bear and bowl on me if your face is getting crushed in the mat. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. Tell really, I'll tell you a really funny story. I was, uh, I think I was a purple belt still. I was going with this really athletic blue belt. And he was, he was a lovely guy. And this was probably the first time I've ever seen inverted guard. This was probably 2014, so about 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and this guy starts sort of sticking his butt up in the air and putting his feet up and rotating underneath him. I'm like, what's he doing? So I'm just like, I'll just grab this collar and see what happens. So I grab sort of um, – so as he was starting to uh, rotate, I just grabbed the near side collar of my left my left-hand side. And as he rotated, I just sort of tucked the collar in underneath his chin. And as he rotated even more to try and hit a new plata, he just choked himself. Uh. 
but you know, and it's one of those things that you know, it's as you get to a, a higher level, as you progress through jujitsu, you see things, and I think that's what teaching has really brought in for me, is that I'm able to notice details mm -hmm. even more now. You know, when I'll be say doing an arm bar for a class, I'll be like, okay, this is what you're doing. Oh, I'll sort of feel something like, oh yeah, that's that's a nice crucial little detail. And you sort of learn these little nuances. It's what Hickson talks about. And then Henry Akins talk about the whole idea of invisible jujitsu. Those little things that you don't see happening. Tiny details. Yeah. And I mean, you know, being under Maurizio Gomez's neon belly, for example, when he when Roger's dad did a neon belly on me um, in a seminar and I could feel like where he put his shin bone just on the edge of my um, my rib cage. And I knew if I moved, there was two things that were going to happen. A, I wouldn't be able to breathe very well. Mm -hmm. Two, if I really shifted a lot, I'd put my own rib. So I had right. to stand still. I couldn't do anything. Just had to accept um, it. Just accept it and just wait, wait for the inevitable. I mean, I think that's the big difference I see with this, you know, this this fancy jujitsu and this new age stuff, which is really, you know, some of it is pretty cool. Um, you know, the leg lock stuff is interesting. Um, but if you don't have good fundamentals, you know, you're never really going to be able to control someone or be able to adapt really effectively and quickly in a bad position. Mm -hmm. um, we have this one purple belt who comes to our gym every now and again. She's really lovely, but she's coming to us because she's like, I want to learn more fundamentals. I mean, she's got a great Baron Bolo and she's got, you know, all this really cool new age jiu-jitsu. But I'm like, you know, show me a cross joke. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, so it's it's one of those things that you know I'm again a big believer in, in the fundamentals of things and if you can get that down you know with pressure all mm -hmm. of a sudden you know I can stand up in anyone's guard and I really don't mind what they do because there is an answer for everything it's really just about how much pressure you put on to make sure that they don't take that position further so that you are in danger of a submission or or a sweep or whatever so mm -hmm. but yeah it's um anyway do you do you have any questions for me i mean i feel like i've sort of been sort of talking at you for for a long oh, time oh no man i'm enjoying the story man <laughs> makes makes my job so much easier yeah, no, man, I, i've got stories for, for hours i mean i had this we had this one guy at the gym once and he was he was a lovely guy and he was he was really you know the one thing i've always found about jujitsu is egos often mm -hmm. are either lost when you enter the gym or they are severely squashed out of you pretty quickly yeah <laughs> um so we had this we had this one guy who came into the gym um and you know he was he was a nice enough guy, um, quite strong. He was um, he was um, he worked in construction, I think, and you oh. know he, pretty strong arms. You know, 
fairly, I think he was a bricklayer or something like that. But I mean, this guy, he'd grab onto you and you're like, I'm not breaking that grip. Right. Um, but he was like one of those guys that he rolled as intensely with everybody. Whether you were first day white belt, you know, a girl or, or me or, or any of the other instructors or, or, you know, purple belts, blue belts, whatever. And he was, he was a white belt and he was just like a monster. And I remember we were doing King of the Hill once and uh, we, were just, uh -huh. we were doing passing the guard, positional sparring. And so I go in with him and I was like, yeah, whatever. And I'm so, you know, taking, I, I go at old man speed always. I don't really turn up the volume too much because quite frankly, I can't be bothered. Um, and also I like to save my stamina. So mm -hmm. I go at old man speed, you know, I, I, I will turn it up every now and again. Um, I'll tell you about a story about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, so I went in with this guy and I was in his guard. And so I started to stand up and, you know, I grabbed the lapel, grabbed the sleeve and I started to stand up and I broke his guard. He literally jumped to his feet and tried to do a flying armbar on me. Oh, God. And, and literally as, as, it, as his legs came up, I just sort of went, sort of swiped across his leg and he just fell to the ground and then i took you know i went on to mount he just was he he was the kind of guy that didn't like losing and so he was mm. just rashing about so he then turned around i took his back and i literally fully dug my arms in under his armpits took both his hands like at the um just just under the wrist between the elbow and the wrist and just tucked his arms in and fully flattened him out. And he still was like thrashing about and jerking, oh, yeah. trying to get out. And I was like, dude, you've lost. Just, just accept it. Just accept it. Yeah. And, but you know, the, you get that in jujitsu and you know, he sort of lasted for a month and then never came back. Um, but then, you know, you get people who, um, are really just nice and humble and they, they come in and they're like, Oh, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to get fit and healthy. And, and all of a sudden, you know, they're monsters on the mat and they're only like, you know, 130 pounds soaking wet. And, and you're like, wow, what have we done here? <laughs> <laughs> so we have created a monster. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that in jujitsu, you just, you know, it's like the guys always laugh at me because, you know, when I come into the gym, I'm just in like, you know, jogging bottoms and like <clears throat> a hoodie. And, you know, I'm kind of just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm here to train and then, you know, just break some arms and choke some people. Uh, you know, right. but then like every now and again, if I have a late, like, because I teach as well. So I'm like at a, at a school. So if I come in, I have a late, late evening or something and I come into the gym, um, you know, dressed for work where I'm in like, you know, nice shirt, you know, chino trousers, you know, dress shoes and, and, a, and a suit jacket. And then, mm. you know, these guys are like, wow, man, you look so completely different, but it's like, you know, it's one of those things that you don't know, you know, my right. luckily, luckily my ears are still, are still pretty good for, for 20 years of jujitsu almost. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, my wife's always telling me, he's like, you can't get cauliflower ear. I'm like, don't worry. As long as you do a technique effectively, you should be all right. I know, right? 
Uh, I think I think I remember one time I was rolling with someone and they tried to like grind their arm and it they kind of like went against my ear and my ear felt like it was on fire for like two days. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. please, I do not want cauliflower ears. Oh, I know. It's funny because like you know when when you get people who get frustrated, like you know when so for example when when I'm injured, like I'll be going to probably training tomorrow. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, because I've got a shoulder injury at the moment. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to roll one-handed. I'm going to just tie my belt up so that it doesn't come undone. I'll tuck my left hand into my belt and just roll one-handed. Um, mm. And that develops you in, in, in several different ways. You know, it teaches you different things. Um, but essentially what it means is I can still train. Um mm. But so, so the point what I'm trying to make here is that, you know, injuries happen and you just have to kind of work around them. But oh, yeah. you know, what, what always makes me laugh is, you know, when I, when I'm in, when I am injured, you know, what I like to do is then I work my defense. So I frustrate. Mm -hmm. I like frustrating people. Frustrating uh, and annoy, I sure do. Uh, especially, especially some of like some of our purple belts and, and our brown belts that train with us. You know, when you're like, I'm just going to, be one step ahead of you every time and every time you do something i'm just gonna go nope 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 and so often when i'm when i'm in that mood or if i'm injured and i'm doing that um speaking of elbows you know um i always get that whole grinding the elbow into the leg um i think my legs become so desensitized um nowadays that i don't even feel that lucky <laughs> and uh, <laughs> people will do it. I'm just gonna. I just kind of look at them. I'm like, so you're digging your elbow in. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna open my leg up a little bit in my guard. All of a sudden, I'm gonna trap your elbow and sweep you. Um, right. But you know, I I just find it. What I find interesting about jujitsu is, you know, there is ways to roll intelligently, and there's like you know the the sort of go out full on and just be super, you know, not aggressive, but like trying to be dominant. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I remember we we're, we we're talking with, um, I was talking with one of our, our purple belts and he was like, Oh, Raph, you know, have you, you know, like, uh, seriously, like how, how much like on a hundred percent scale do you actually roll at? I'm like, probably about maybe 40, 50 if i'm really like you know depends on who i'm going up against he's like mm -hmm. when's the last time you went 100 percent?" i was like mm, i don't know but let's give it a go <laughs> and uh, so we had this five minute roll and he was like i literally just went 100 percent from the very beginning to the very end um he was like he's like at the end of that roll he's like oh my god it was like a different scenario basically it was like so mm -hmm. such a different role to because usually when i whenever i roll i'm like i'll try something new out or i'll try a new detail um but he was like man you just were non-stop it was like a freight train running through the pressure was constant you know your your guard passing was like five times what it normally is i'm like yeah but it's mm. because you know, you asked me to go 100%. So. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
you know, I, I turned into competition mode in a sense. And I was like, I'm going to just, you know, because for me, competing has always been one of those things that when I did do it, I didn't really care about points. And I never understood the rule system anyway. For right. me, it was about it was about take down, get the dominant position, get on top and submit. And realistically, if you actually do that, you probably score whatever amount of points it's worth now um, in IBJJF and, and whatever the amount of points is for a guard pass to mount a side control neon belly, whatever. But for me, it was really not just, it was really just about take down, get on top and win. Yeah. And that's that, you, you know. Like you said, get on top, stay on top. Exactly. You know, I think it's one of those things that in jujitsu, it's, you know, people forget that the guard and I mean, Chris Houter makes a really good point of reference on that. It's, it's, it's one of those positions that it makes you comfortable, but also slightly lazy. Mm. In that sense, what I mean is that, you know, you can easily pull guard and don't get me wrong. I, I like pulling guard and whenever I roll with anybody, um, I'm not afraid to say that my first role is, you know, say we have a five minute role. Um, my first thing is going to be take down, get on top. If I submit you, I'm going to be pulling guard after that. Because in a sense, you know, I don't want to disregard my guard. Mm -hmm. But then also it's, it's good to put yourself in bad positions. But I feel like the guard can make people lazy. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh no worries. You know the guard. The guard is one of those positions that you can hang out in, and you know throw up some submissions. And if it fails, you can come back to the safety of guard. Whereas mm -hmm. you know, if I if I I'm going for you know any submission in say a cross choke from mount, if I don't hit that correctly, I'm going to get swept and be in guard. Mm -hmm. And I, I might still have the grips, I might not, but, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I was always taught position before submission. And then from there, you can start to impose your will. But in that sense, you know, I, I've always found that guard can be one of those places that you can just kind of be in. And, you know, you might get a sweep, you might get a you know, a submission, but you're not really winning. It's it's sort of like a 50-50 in a way mm -hmm. because I can either sweep or submit you. You can pass my guard, maybe leg lock me or whatever. Um, whereas, you know, if you're on top, and actually from a visual standpoint alone, not basing it on points or basing it on anything you know if you look at someone in guard who's on their back it mm -hmm. looks like the person on top even though they're in a probably worse position um is winning yeah you know if you look at ufc scoring you know the guy who's ground and pounding the guy on the bottom but he's in his guard he's winning mm -hmm. um so I've, I've always been of the mentality that, you know, get on top and, you know, whether you're in half guard, whether you're in side control, whether you're in mount, um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you just put some pressure in and, and eventually you'll get to where you want to go. 
Yeah. But so I love how you apply that pressure. They got our our school is built like that too. Um, our our master Joe Moera, he's an old school yeah. guy, old school Brazilian guy. Uh, just smash, no speed. Yeah. Just no. just smash, just just smash. And I you know, don't need nothing else. Just smash. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you know it's one of those things. Roger Roger always jokes around. He's like, oh no no, you don't tap to pressure. Um. But you know, if it's applied really badly, I've been, a, yeah. I've I've tapped some people with pressure. I remember I remember going mm-hmm. to, a, to a gym not too far from me uh, with my friend, and I was like, I was showing them something, and we did a drill, and I was like, we're gonna do a no hand side control drill that um, that Wilson showed me once, and it's essentially what you do is you go heart to heart, but you have both the guy on the bottom has his hands to his side, the guy on top has his hands behind his, his hand back. Behind like, his back. Yeah. Yep. And I tapped a guy in that drill. And <coughs> I remember just being like, you know, I was there, you know, putting my head down and sort of trying not to lose the position. He was moving around, and all of a sudden he just I just feel his tap. And I was like, You're right. He's like, Oh, I just I just could couldn't couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, well, you know, I, I went through a really, I went through a big phase where I was, um, I was watching some Henry Aikens videos, because um, I really, really like his his approach to pressure, and so I went through about oh, two months of trying to tap everybody at the gym with his scarf hold pressure, mm. um, and I think I got about five or six people, um, nice. and I felt I felt really mean, so then I stopped doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the fun of the jujitsu, man. The experimental phase. Exactly. You know, you just gotta mess around a little bit, you know, have fun. And I think that that's the beauty of jujitsu is you know, you can you can mess around. I mean, often I'll roll with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And you know, because and it's not, you know, the guys are like, Oh, you're rolling with your eyes again. I'm like, Yeah, 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 but it's not nothing against you. It's just I'm trying to feel something that's happening. Um, so it's one of those nice things, you know, and, and to be honest, like, you know, when I'm messing around and I'm at the gym with the boys and then they're sort of, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a class and I'm like, okay, well, we've done this. Okay. What am I going to do today? Well, I, I feel like being defensive. So I've, I've actually like pulled side control, like where, where I've, I've literally started a sparring session and literally like went down pulling guard but I actually just moved my leg out of the way so the guy can have side control top wow and just so that I can then defend his whatever he's deciding to do from underneath mm-hmm. um, you know because you pulled, you pulled side control <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that sometimes you know you, I, it's it's nice to be defensive because you you feel things differently and I mean oh yeah you know, for me, you know, I, I like to put myself in bad positions. I remember starting, um, we had um, a guy come in for an open mat. And he was, uh, I think he was a four-stripe white belt from another gym um, sort of nearby. And I was like, oh, you know, I was showing them some bits. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm always having a hard time doing this. I'm like, okay, tell you what, you start. He was like, he couldn't finish a rear naked choke. Mm. I don't know what, I, I can't remember what he was doing wrong with it, but I said, okay, you put your hooks in, put on a full rear naked choke on me, 
and then we'll spar from there. And that's how we, we started the sparring. And I've done that a few times where I've, you know, and I remember Hickson talking about this as well. He's like, yeah, he, he had a world champion. He came in and he was like, yeah, put me in a full rear naked and that's how we're going to start the role. But he's like, put it in fully, like apply the pressure. And he was able to get out. So I was like, I went through a phase where I was like, I want to try and test some of this. Mm-mm. And, you know, so I went through, I went through a phase of sparring where I would literally give up arm bars, triangles, just to be able to see how effectively I can get out. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I got caught a lot of times, but what it meant was that I was able to then, you know, say, Oh yeah. Okay. This is how, this is what he did. Okay. So next time I was rolling with that same person, you know, I'd give them an arm and all of a sudden they throw up the arm bar and I'm like, all right, pressure defense or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, neon belly or, or, you know, scoot down your hips so that their their rear their 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 collar choke is <coughs> back isn't working as well. So any the the one thing that we do at, at our school and is what Roger does at his uh, school in London as well is that you know there's a lot of positional sparring and I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, you know, being in bad positions, being comfortable in bad positions, and being comfortable under pressure. I think people forget that, you know, when when you're in jiu-jitsu, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in the guard, you know, I've got mount or a bit of side control. But if it's done correctly, it's horrendous. You know, even when, when someone's in my guard, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not relaxed. You know, I'm no. pulling in, you know, pulling on their hips. I'm s- sucking my heels into my butt. You know, I'm, I'm constantly pulling out lapels to make them uncomfortable. And something that Sylvia Baring and, and Scott Schilling told me probably at the very start of my jiu-jitsu journey was, you know, it's all good and fun and games to, to play around, but be first. If you want to dictate the way you're rolling, you have to be first. Got to be. Because you, then they're they're then they're playing the defensive game. Even if it's be first to pull guard, you know whatever whatever your game is, as long as you initiate, I think that's the big thing, and that's something else. You know, when we train the guys for comps, um, I'm always saying you know be first because then that way they're on the back heel. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things that you know everybody has a different approach to jujitsu, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> definitely, you know, attest to the fact that, you know, the way I teach is top pressure, top game. Um, don't get me wrong, I still teach guard because I think it's important. I think you should be able to sweep from guard, submit from guard, um, frustrate people from guard. Um, mm-hmm. because Because if you can't do those things you're not going to then see those openings. And I think that's the, that's the big, I think, you know, when people talk about the differences between belts, um, you know, when, when you're, oh, I'm sorry, uh, hold on one second before you, yeah, um, all right. So, so anyway, I think, you know, the big, the big thing that, you know, when, when I'm teaching people always ask me like, Oh, you know, what's the difference between a white belt, a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, 
you know, in, in terms of like, you know, on a black belt, like what, what, what's the knowledge base? Like, to be very fair with you, you know, I think a white belt knows, I would say, you know, say a four stripe white belt, he will know exactly probably all the moves that I know. Mm -hmm. But the, the difference is, you know, the application, the timing, the sensitivity, you know, as, as you grow in jujitsu, the, the thing is, you know, you're a white belt. So think of it like, I always like to talk to people and students specifically about jujitsu in, in the form of a chess match. You know, mm -hmm. as a white belt, you're thinking one to two moves ahead. You know, as, as, a, as a blue belt, maybe you're thinking four to five moves ahead. Maybe three. Depends on the level of your blue belt. You know, as a purple belt, you might be five, six, seven, eight moves ahead. You know, as a brown belt, you might be 10, you know, 15 moves ahead. As a black belt, it's not really about how many moves ahead I am. It's about the moves I'm doing are create, making you do certain things that I want you to do that then mm -hmm. will allow me to do something else. I think that's exactly. the big that's the big difference is like, you know, in in a sense like, you know, brown belts will start to set traps for for people to to fall into and then that's they're, they're in the trap. Whereas mm -hmm. as as a black belt almost you're going I'm I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to set this trap, but I need this to happen first, so I need to do this first. And they're going to react this way. Then I'm going to do that. They're going to react to this, and then that's when the trap comes. Right. And it's almost like that chaining of, of things, you know, um, that that really is the big separation between sort of higher level jujitsu guys. Um, yeah. And you know, when when I roll with other black belts, it's like, you know, the roles can be like, you know, I could be stuck in a, a half guard for. A minute because i know that if i move i'm gonna get swept oh if yeah I very slowly inch and sort of add pressure and all of a sudden they don't like that pressure then they move i move and then i'm out so it's it's a, such a difference you know rolling like you know i'm lucky enough that i get to roll with you know white belts to black belts pretty much weekly you know we've got We've got you know a couple of brown belts at the gym. We've got blue, purple belts. We've got blue belts, white belts. We've got a couple of visiting black belts as well that come around. So you know it's it's really just lovely. And you know when I go down to Rogers in London, you know I get smashed by all his black belts, and it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, right. When I pass their guard, it's also fun for me. I remember rolling with this one guy who was really really tough. And it took me, I would say, a better part of a five-minute roll just to pass his guard. But it was such a victory after doing it. Because I'm like, I knew that if I messed up even one little detail, I'd be either on my back or on a submission. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it's I, I feel that jiu-jitsu is one of those things that, um, you know, I think everybody should try and get into it. Um, it's really good for your well-being really good for you know mental health um great exercise builds your stamina really well and, and quite frankly you you build friendships for life um, oh yeah 
Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story about my, one of my good friends. Um, he's a black belt in Canada. Um, and, you know, I've, I've known Dave for better part of almost, you know, 19 years. You know, he was at the gym. He was a blue belt when I started at my second gym. And he was always Dave from jiu-jitsu. I was always Raf from jiu-jitsu. And, you know, it was one of those things. We just kept in touch. When I moved to England, he would, he was in touch. When I'd go back over to Canada, I'd go to his gym. Um, then he got his black belt. Then I got, um, you know. And then, so he was like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm traveling across. I'm doing some seminars. And I'm doing the Globetrotters um, seminar in, I think it was in Holland or somewhere like that. I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm going to be, you know, in Europe. So I'll fly to London and meet up with you. And we can, you know, go do an open mat. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So he's like, I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be there on Saturday at 3 p.m. And I was like, all right. So I'm, I'm sort of watching the clock going, okay, it's, it's 2.50. You know, where is he? And about three hours go by, nothing. I'm, so I started texting him. Like I, I Facebook message him. I, um, I texted him. I was like, where, you know, where are you? And I remember when, when I gave him my number originally over Facebook, when I typed it in through the iPhone, I hit the wrong button. So the last digit was wrong. Oh. Um, yeah. But the thing was, though, like he had my address, he had everything, he had my email, like the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, so finally, about 10 o'clock, I get a phone call from customs at the airport saying, um, yes, we're calling from immigration. Um, there's a guy called Dave um, that's here to visit you. I was like, yeah, Dave from Jiu-Jitsu. They're like, what's his surname? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, how long have you known Dave? I'm like, since 2006. And she's like, and you don't know his name? No. He's Dave. He's Dave from Jiu-Jitsu. I told you. And I was like, I was like, she's like, you know that Dave doesn't know your name either. I'm like, no, because I'm Raf from Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, yeah, he's coming to stay with me for like a weekend, and then he's going back to Canada. And she was like. How come you guys don't know your surnames? I'm like, well, it never came up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've I've done I've rolled with him numerous times. I've been to his house, he's been to my house in Canada. Um, and then yeah, he came to visit me in London and, and it was like such a palarva because it was like he got stopped at customs because I think he answered something wrong on his declaration form or something. And then they're like, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to see Raph, Raph from Jiu-Jitsu. And then, of course, because my number was wrong in his Facebook feed, they couldn't get a hold of me. So they were like questioning him and grilling him. Oh, no. He's like, what I don't want to do is like go see my friend and do some roles. Um, oh, no. But yeah, that was, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, we finally ended up getting cleared up. And now, now we actually know each other's surname. <laughs> which is which is quite funny but yeah just in it almost you know this was about six or seven years ago so yeah we until that point we just well it never came up um <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things but you know we're still good friends we have a good laugh about this every time 
and every time I go over to his gym in Canada, all the boys are like, hey, "Did you fill out? Did you fill out your customs declaration form correctly?" <laughs> so it's uh, you know it's it's good laughs, and you know, like I said, you know, jujitsu builds some really really good friendships, but um, some of the best, yeah. some of the best yeah. friendships you will build is in jujitsu. Definitely, definitely. But um, anyway, dude, I think I need to uh, probably head up and um, make sure that all the kids are in bed and all my wife's okay. Yeah, um, yeah we got we, one more thing before we, yeah, uh, we yeah, wrap of course, it up. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, because you, you know, you pretty much explained your story very, very well. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, oh, but, um, you know, we asked everybody to come on the show uh, this question, past or present. You know, you, you've mentioned some names before. But um, anybody you would love to get a chance to roll with, top three people. Top three people. Well, yeah, I'm gonna say top top three <clears throat> people I'd like to roll with at the moment. Um, people I haven't rolled with because there's been some some pretty you know interesting people I have rolled with. But mm -hmm. I would say Henzo Gracie, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, I'd say Gordon Ryan just to just to see what happens and mm -hmm. number three would probably be hmm it's tough picking three i would say um hmm oh um uh well, Hanzo Gordon definitely, and I'd say you know what, probably um, what's his name, the guy from Atos. Um, his name escapes me now. Andre Galvao. Galvao, yeah. Galvao. I mean, you, I could go on. I mean, Shonji Hibero, you know, but yeah, uh, Andre Galvao, Gordon Ryan, and and um, and Hanzo. Hanzo, I think, would be interesting. Because had those old school pressure. Old school pressure. I was just gonna say old school pressure. <laughs> old school pressure. Uh well, thank thank you very much for having me on. Because you know, it's it's really nice to just chat jujitsu and and you know, say my side of things, you know, and and yeah. just spread the love of it all. Because I think it's you know it's very important. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast, man. I, I love to get a chance to sit down and talk to a lot, you know, anybody and everybody that does jujitsu to get their, you yeah. know, get their view on it, man. It's been, it's been fun so far, man. I, good, I greatly good. appreciate you for uh, coming on and doing the episode today. Uh, no worries, man. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, we'll be in touch and, um, you know, when you, when you post it, I'll definitely share it out to everybody here. I know. And, um, let me know when that goes up so that I can share it. And, uh, you know, and just, you know, spread the love of jiu-jitsu, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man. That's it. That's it. All well, right. uh, man, that's the uh, end of today's episode. I would like to thank Ralph one more time for coming on the show and sharing his, uh, his, sharing his jiu-jitsu knowledge with us. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay updated on all future episodes. This has been Talk Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jiu-jitsu. Have a great day.